Hello and welcome to episode 019, episode 19. This is Christian and Jonathan. Picking up where we left off on the previous episode was the LAFC Youth Leadership Program. So this is kind of a part two. We still have Anthony Cummings, Danny Oliver, and Luke O'Quinn. And we're going to pick up where we left off in terms of Anthony. You were telling us about end of 2017, early 2018. So where was the Youth Leadership Program at that point in time? And I know at some point you had to transition I mean, do different things beyond the LAFC Youth Leadership Program, and then we'll talk to Luke and what his role yeah, entails. Yeah, I'm realizing now through talking to you guys, I'm so bad with dates. <laughs> like, I'm really having this, like, aha moment of, like, oh my gosh. When did this happen? When did this happen? Because <laughs> it was all just a blur. So, yeah, it came to a point where I think I mentioned earlier I have a little girl at home. You know, I, I live in, in Torrance, so driving some days an hour and a half out here, sometimes two hours back, just depending on where we were in our program or whatever. It started to take, and in seven years of building this thing, I, I really neglected my health and things started to fall apart for me in terms of my health. I just, my back went out for like a month. I had an appendectomy and I just was at a point where I was just exhausted. Plus you have a new one, two year old and you're just going, you're not sleeping. And then she started to get a little older. And then when I would go to events or things, she would like, dad, dad, where are you going? And at least the way we raised our daughter, we wanted her to have a set schedule when she would go down, get up, that kind of thing. And so I couldn't take her to everything. And even if I did, she wouldn't understand it. But she was noticing that I was gone. And there was something that just started to tug at my heart, which was my little girl. And then my wife started to say, like, Anthony, you're coming home and you're exhausted. And you've been doing this for a long time and you're just not you. And so that really just started, oh my gosh, like I love the kids. I love Brzee. I love LAFC, but I really got to reevaluate my life. And so I, I took a lot of time to really reflect, sit with God, journal and pray with a, a group of men that I'm a, a band of brothers that I'm with and just started to talk to them too about like, what am I doing? I kind of lost myself in this. And so through a lot of different conversations and I decided that, you know what, I needed to pass the torch. I needed to leave. And we here at Brzee, I, I talked to, to Seth and, and some of the board of directors and just said, hey, what's the best scenario? We created a scenario where I could kind of slowly exit, but also bring someone in. And so they can kind of shadow me for a little bit. And so before, so before that all happened, I met Luke, he reached out and said, Hey, through an email, I would love to volunteer. And so, uh, we met, had coffee and hit it off right away. Has a love for the game, has a background in, in Columbus and exactly what we were doing. And so I was like, yeah, man, let's get used, you know, cause every volunteer has to be live scanned and TB tested. So they had to go through some procedures. And then I started throwing stuff at Luke that was like, let me see if this guy's really who he said he is. So speaking of who you say you are, <laughs> Mr. Luke O'Quinn, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you come to love this, the beautiful game? So growing up, I think four years old was when I first started playing soccer. And I'm also from Ohio, too. So no tie to Los Angeles, California. So while they were building this 
awesome program. I wasn't even living in the state at the time. So I, I grew up playing soccer. I had a specific love for it because it was like my escape and my outlet, mostly because I didn't necessarily excel academically. I didn't love being in school. I didn't get good grades. I didn't really want to do the work. And when I was at school, I wanted to be almost like invisible. Didn't make a lot of friends, but in soccer, you know, I was very active. I excelled in certain areas and I also found it easier to, you know, talk to these guys that I played with. And it was easier for me to meet new people as well. So soccer became that safe place for me. And the more I got involved, you know, I became, you know, I fell in love with just, you know, improving my skills of the game and being a leader within the game. Throughout, you know, playing, I eventually, you know, bummed up my knee, didn't play as much. So I transitioned to a coaching role. And then from there, you know, I fell in love with the game again, learned the game in a whole new way as far as, you know, how to teach certain skills to kids and, you know, understanding how they receive that information in the best way possible. So professionally, your career took you through another team before you landed with LAFC. Can you speak to that experience? <laughs> yes. So a couple years after college, I went to Ohio State University. So I was living in Columbus, Ohio, and I actually was just denied from grad school at Ohio State. And I was like, you know, instead of going to grad school part time, you know, why don't I just coach part time? So I reached out to Columbus Crew SC and just to see what opportunities they had. And it turned out one of the directors of coaching needed an assistant for his three teams. So he had a U11 pre-academy team, a U13 pre-academy team, and then a U18. I jumped on board with him and, you know, we had four trainings a week. You know, Saturday and Sunday was literally filled like from morning till sundown with different games. And that's when, I mean, I learned a lot from this coach as far as like the basics of teaching, you know, some of the like raw skills of the game technically. And for me, you know, like that's when like the the passion and a new light kind of turned into, you know, I don't have to play, you know, I can still get this fixed and still learn and be challenged through the game by coaching and like learning how to coach them in the best way possible. So how did the connection happen with Anthony and LAFC? Yeah, so I found out about YLP the same time the general public did. So they post the club posted on Instagram. So I think November 2017 is what you said. I saw the post and immediately my eyes lit up. I, mean, I kind of had to sit back for a minute because they were doing soccer and they were doing leadership with high school kids. So in Columbus, Ohio, I was coaching soccer, but my full time job was working for Ohio State and we had a youth leadership academy. So it was college and career readiness for high school kids. And I had left Ohio because I wanted to somehow combine my different passions of leadership, soccer, you know, working with kids in the community, but I wanted, you know, a new setting, a new location to be in. And so when I saw the post from the club, you know, I was like, this is it. This is what I need to be involved in one way or another. Like if it's just one day, if it's a couple months, if it's, you know, if it's more, that would be great too. But I, I saw the post, I re started researching it online and found Anthony, Danny's email, I think Rich's email. And I drafted an email saying like, this is what I've, you know, been involved with. These are, you know, the different skills that I have and I'd love to get involved, you know, however I can. And uh, I was telling Anthony this like later in that I didn't send the email right away. Like I had drafted it in November, but I didn't send the email to like January just because I was nervous that 
I wouldn't get a response or they probably have enough help or they don't need anyone else. End of January is when I finally emailed Anthony and he got back to me right away. You know, let's set up coffee. And we got coffee in Koreatown and we just exchanged stories. He told me his, explained the program. I explained, you know, just what I had been involved in and just, you know, what I want to do. And he welcomed me to Brzeef to meet the, some of the leaders and go to a team meeting just to get an idea of what we do. And then it was just kind of one thing led to another. And, you know, Anthony mentioned earlier, he started, you know, just really testing me, sending me some tasks, seeing if I'd be willing to do it, if I had the time. And I, I just, I kept wanting more. I wanted to get more involved. And after meeting the leaders and that team meeting on a Monday, you know, you guys will see it soon and hopefully the listeners will see it too. When they meet them, like very confident handshake, eye contact. Hello, my name is Miguel or my name is, you know, this and that. And it blew me away, the self-confidence with these kids. And that was telling enough of what the program, you know, has done and what it's capable of was the product of the kids, you know, introducing themselves to me. So I want to go back a second. So you were in Columbus and you mm -hmm. took a leap of faith and mm -hmm. just came to L.A., just for a new setting, and still at that point you hadn't sent the email. Right. So what right. were you doing before you sent that email? So before that, I was working at University of Southern California. So a colleague at Ohio State um, took a dean position at USC, and he was receiving funding for a research project. And I was at the point where I was looking for a change, just needed a new challenge. I'd lived in Ohio my whole life and I you know, just wanted something different. So I had reached out to this colleague and just asked you know, what the project was gonna be about. And I was out in LA in January like 2017 for the National Soccer Coaches Association Conference. Just to, you know, learn more about the coaching field, you know, meet new people, network. And it was at the convention center downtown, which was really close to USC. So I, you know, walked around campus, eventually set up a meeting with um, a guidance counselor to potentially go to grad school because I was still entertaining that thought. And so I mentioned that to, you know, my colleague at Ohio State that was taking the job over here. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you end up going to USC, like, you know, let me know. And I'm like, yeah, I might be looking for a part-time job or, you know, looking for some, you know, income, you know, on the side. And he's like, yeah, let me know. And, you know, I'll see what we can do. And turns out he had some funding for a position for myself. So I moved from Ohio to LA in uh, July, 2017. Okay. And I, I found out about YLP November, 2017, and then met Anthony January, 2018. And that's when I started getting involved as a volunteer. So I'm pretty good with dates. I guess that's the yeah. That's, 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 that's what I'm realizing right you now. You can backtrack the last seven years. So Anthony, let's transition back to you. So you receive an email from this person who's expressing their passion towards the program. Mm -hmm. How did that lead up to the position being offered? Well, I can tell you. You know, when we talked about in the last episode. You know, the doors that opened once we donned the black and gold. We also would get folks that wanted to get into LAFC through us through kind of a back door. So I would always have meetings with any kind of volunteer, sniff them out, so to speak. And I, I was pretty blunt with Luke. Mm -hmm. I and mean, I was pretty blunt with anybody that would volunteer and just saying, look, we really care about this community and these kids. And if you're here to get a job with LAFC, which we did have a few folks that tried that, you could tell they just weren't really being authentic and they weren't really trying to do stuff with the youth. It was, they wanted to work in the office. And so I really just told him, I said, if, if I'll sniff this out real quick and you will not be a part of this program. 
and you also will not have. I, I said some other things, but anyway, um, <laughs> um, I can be intense like that. Um, where I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to guard. This is my baby. I'm going to guard this thing." And so, how it transitioned was he just. I mean, he just stepped up, and whenever I kept giving him a task, like, "Hey, can you lead a resume workshop?" and it was like, "I'm going to need you to lead it for two hours. We're going to split the kids up." in 15 and 15 and I want to see I want you to do an outline I want you to give me the outline what are your key talking points show it to me what are you going to cover put a slideshow together and then let me see and he did it and he did it within like a day or so or two days and other volunteers when I would give them something like that they wouldn't do that um, oh well you know well, I thought you told me you liked working on resume with kids well maybe I could just sit with a kid and it was like, okay, well, so you could just start to sniff that. Anyway, so fast forward, I just would give him more and more. And once he was cleared as a volunteer, I was like, hey, do, do, would you like to go on some field trips with us? And it was sure. And then would you want to go to our leadership training? So it, it, it evolved. And then we made the decision for me to kind of exit. And then we opened the uh, position and to some other folks as well, just to make it fair. And then there was a few employees and, and myself that we interviewed. And for me, it was a no-brainer. It was, again, one of those, those faith things. In my, in my heart, I knew who this was. And we had even explored Danny because of his history. So just to be fair to Danny and his skills. Um, but Danny, just for various different reasons, couldn't take the position. And we were even considering, oh, let's, let's flip-flop. So Danny could maybe take over. But, you know, there's a lot of different reasons for that. That's how it kind of evolved. And then he, even others I interviewed was like, this is, this is a guy. This is a guy. And I will say again, there was... When I, when I mentioned earlier, integrity and honor, everybody, these these guys right here, plus the G that I mentioned before, Gerardo and Ivan, all that are staff at YLP exemplify that. They bleed that. And that was key. Do what you say you're going to do because you're modeling for these kids day in and day out and they're going to look up to you. I need someone to lead this that's going to do the same thing. Um, and there was no doubt in my mind. Um, with him. So, so look, you get officially brought on board, uh, describe what that process was like and then what your role became shortly thereafter. Yeah. So I started beginning of August, 2018 and Anthony was still on board at the time. So like he had described earlier, you know, he wanted to make sure that what, like whoever took his position wasn't just thrown into the lion's den, that he could be there and, you know, walk through some things with the, the new director. Um, so the, it was three months, first two and a half months. Um, yeah. And I mean, Anthony was with me side by side, uh, introducing me to people at LAFC, people here at Brzee, our various school partners. So we work with six schools right now. So principals, family service coordinators, counselors. So it was really just like learning the relationships. And that was reiterated several times when I started was that the relationship building is key and that's what how we started and that's how we're going to be able to maintain and sustain this program and even like the relationships with people that aren't currently in LA guys like Mike LaHood who um, I, I didn't even meet until January you know five months into the job but Anthony was like this is a guy that you know we need to make sure that is aware of what we're doing the updates because you know he was someone that helped build this from the beginning so was, was Anthony that tough of an interviewer as he says he was? So the very first coffee meeting when, and you know how he said like, I'll sniff that out if you're here for other reasons. 
I sat back a bit when he said that, but you know, I loved it. Like I loved how serious he was. It, you know, it spoke to the um, integrity of the program and, you know, how he feels um, about, you know, protecting it is, you know, I admire that. And I hope that I'm reflecting it similarly because we really care about these kids and not just the leaders enrolled in the program, but also, you know, like the younger kids at the schools for our soccer classes too. So maybe Danny, you can kind of explain what having a new boss come in and take over and how that dynamic worked as well too with you, you know, here in your role. Honestly, the dynamic hasn't changed much since Anthony stepped away. Anthony was, uh, he, he was the type of leader that shared his vision and, you know, we, he consulted a lot and we, he really made decisions on his own. Uh, because he said that we were going to build this together, that this was going to take more than one person to do. And he stayed true to that. And when Luke took over, the same thing. The first meeting that I had with him about planning out what the year would look like, uh, what was his personal vision for this program, it was very similar to to what it has been for the past years. And uh, he said, you know what, well, we're going to do this together and let's continue the legacy. So speaking of that legacy, what is your partnership like nowadays? What do you guys do on a day in and day out day basis so that our listenership can understand uh, what the children involved in this program are going through? Yeah, sure. So, so like Anthony mentioned before, we used to do these large scale Friday night skills and drills. And um, he talked about how it's not to say we talked about how it's not the safest community, right? At Augustus Hawkins 60th and Hoover. So we started seeing our attendance drop after, you know, a couple months, a few months uh, that we were hosting these events. And we started you know, talking to the parents, the families, the stakeholders in our community. And a lot of them were just based on just fear of the community. Safety, right? yeah. It was just not a safe time. Safety. You know, <laughs> uh, safety's always been, you know, and we've had a great partnership with LAPD because of uh, Sergeant Cynthia and Brody. But, you know, as you know, when emergencies happens, they have to tend to something so they can't stay there with us the whole duration. But, you know, we came back to the drawing board and said, where are the kids? You know, we started questioning and, you know, we decided we're just rather going to go to them rather than having them come to us. So that's when we changed that component of our program. And instead of hosting these large Friday night skills and drills, we partnered with schools in the community and took our program to their school sites. So we did it now uh, one hour after school for eight consecutive weeks in the fall, eight consecutive weeks in the spring. And then we will culminate the last day, uh, the last week with a big, what we call it, the same thing would be with a, a skills and drills day. When we'd invite the whole school celebration, and, yeah, and party. celebrate everything, we'd invite local universities and Cal States that would come out and you know bring out their players and their coaches and and help us run those days. Yeah. So and then on the side of like the workforce readiness piece for the leaders, we broke it down into some you know main categories of Anthony mentioned the resume writing. So first, there's like an introduction of you know why resumes are important, you know, and what we need to include on it, and another workshop on you know, creating the resume. So designing it, you making it your own, making sure you can stand out from your resume, and then a component around interviews. So we have a workshop on the skills and pointers of, you know, what to do during an interview, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what to wear, what to bring, you know, showing up early, things like that. And Anthony mentioned this earlier as well, but we have a mock interview day. 
So we bring in our partners from Bank of California and LAFC. Delta, and, right? And, uh, and, well, Delta wasn't this year, but we've done some other yeah. um, community partnership events with Delta. I'll, I'll speak to that as well. But the volunteers from the bank and LAFC actually give a pretend interview to our leaders, and they score them on, did they make eye contact? Did they answer the questions concisely? Did they have a question at the end of the interview? And so they score the leaders, and then Danny and I will give the feedback to the leaders like okay so and so you know we need to you did this really well you did this really well you're able to answer this question concisely but we need to work on you know dressing appropriately your shirt's untucked you're wearing gym shoes this or that so we give them you know specific feedback on what they can improve on for their a real job interview for let's say a restaurant or even at the bank of california stadium or something like that so that's like the workforce readiness piece, but we also are creating like community leaders as well. So high school kids that are dedicated to serving the community and, you know, you know, dedicated to making it better and improving it. We've done quite a few community events with Delta, who's one of our, our first partners um, and sponsors of the program. So we did the first ever LAFC beach cleanup with Delta and some LAFC staff. This was in September, where we took our leaders out there. We cleaned, picked up trash on the beach for a few hours, and then we had like a pickup game of beach soccer with Delta employees. A couple months after that, Delta was hosting a Habitat for Humanity house build. And this was in South LA, actually very close to one of the elementary schools that we coach at. And our leaders were like on top of the house, you know, nailing down shingles. We were wrapping the house. We were putting up the windows and painting. We also did a backpack giveaway at the start of a school year where Delta and LAFC came to Brazil. And our leaders hosted different activities for the kids to get ready for school as far as like decorating their binders, organizing their school supplies. But the Delta employees, you know, they donated school supplies. They stuffed the backpacks with notebooks, pens, pencils, you know, extra paper, uh, all the, you know, art supplies for necessary for school. And they were actually there, you know, handing each kid a backpack so they could see, you know, the smile on the kid's face when they got, you know, a brand new Adidas backpack filled with school materials. And it was pretty cool. That's so funny. Oh, you if mentioned. I, yeah, if I were to just paint like, a, and maybe this will help, layman's picture. So you have high school kids that interview and apply to the program. Mm -hmm. And then they go out into the community and coach soccer classes, but it's not based on skill. It's really about character and leadership development through the game of soccer. And then on the backside, it's really workforce leadership development with those high school kids. So if I was a viewer, I was thinking about this as we were talking. Yeah, we're talking like, a lot of stuff. We're talking a lot of stuff. And I'm a viewer. I'm going, wait, so they do community, they do this, they do leadership. So I just kind of wanted to just Whole compartmentalize. Yeah, that. yeah. Just kind of yeah. do a little simple yeah. version of it. The primary um, service is, you know, developing the kids in this workforce readiness skills. And I would say secondary services, the high school leaders are coaching these free character building soccer classes at four total elementary schools in the community. Yeah, so we're not just out there teaching kids how to play soccer. We're talking no. about building leaders. We're talking yep, about right. building life skills. Yeah. Yeah, and right. There's a lot of facets to this. As a person who, uh, in my day-to-day -day job, I perform a lot of interviews. Okay. Um, and I've had such an issue with hiring young people that when I hire young people, I do group interviews. Mm. So I'll bring in 10 of them at a time. And at the very beginning, I simply dismiss half of the room that aren't dressed for the interview. And that's how every interview with me starts. So there'll be 10 people in a room and then instantly there'll be five people in a room. And then we'll be like, okay, you are the five that 
you know, showed up dressed today. And that's something that I have to do in order to weed out applicants that aren't equipped with those kind of skills. It gives you a sense of them not taking it seriously too. Absolutely. No one ever taught them along the way that this is how you show up and do that. To go to children that, you know, are underprivileged and teach them those skills. I mean, I can say that hands-on has an impact if if they were to one day come and apply with me. That's exactly how that interview would start for me as well, too. So it's great that those skills are out there being taught. There's a fitness aspect to it, too. The kids are exercising. So it's Mm -hmm. like an physical activity. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. In a safe place with lots of adult supervision. And the high school leaders grew up in the neighborhood. Some of them went to the elementary school or they have a younger sibling or neighbor that's in the class that they get to interact and play soccer with. So now the program has been in place long enough. We've seen some of our youth leaders graduate. Can you speak to some of the success stories that you've seen of them and the work that they've done back in the community after what they've learned here? Yeah, I can start. Uh, So we've had, in the past couple of years, our alumni, one of the goals that we had, that I personally set out with Anthony, and we wanted to have, we want to create some type of pipeline to the work force, right? So we're preparing these youth leaders to to go out into the working world, but we need to establish some relationships with some actual employers to provide them an opportunity to put all these skills to the test. So we, through our relationship, our personal relationships, uh, our contacts, and just the club themselves and the opportunities that they've provided, we had great opportunity for our alumni leaders to be working at BLC. We currently have three alumni youth leaders that work at the stadium. We have two that are working at the HQ. We just created a partnership with the fields where management there is going to provide uh, interview opportunities for alumni youth leaders. And also, um, I'm really good friends with all the guys over at Nikki Sports. So Luis, uh, he's... You know, him and I have been talking for a while now, and he, I told him, hey, we're preparing these kids. Uh, is there any opportunities with Nikki Sports? And he's like, you know what? Send me an email. Let, uh, let's jump on a call. And let's talk details. And last summer was the first uh, year where uh, they brought on several of our current alumni into the Nikki Sports uh, store. So, And we're looking to do that again this summer. So we're very excited to say that we're not only preparing them for the workforce, but we're also providing them the opportunity to get in a uh, job right out. A high school, which we know is difficult without experience, without, you know, a resume. We have two just to, it's kind of workforce, but Eduardo Pablin started the first student supporter group, the LAFC Lions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At LMU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. LMU, that's yeah. right. Lloyd yeah. Marymount. Yeah. So, they have yeah. a lot of pickup games. Yeah. <laughs> so Eduardo was yeah. from our program. And yeah. then I think who was starting the Cal State LA, there was supposed to be one started at Cal yeah. State LA. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a different caveat. It's college yeah. atmosphere. but it's, And we also, talking about Cal State LA, that's where our academy plays and, you know, our, our teams there too at the facility. So we have about five of our alumni also working with the academy through, um, you know, G, who used Gerardo. to work, Gerardo, who used to um, be part of, of YLP. He got a job over at the academy, and he has done a great job at staying connected with us and providing these opportunities for employment for them. So if I was a prospective employer and I was looking for employees, do you guys have a job board? Do you allow employers to come in post for that sort of thing? Um, how would, if one of our listeners is looking to hire a youth leader, how would they go about approaching that? I can well, say something briefly and then Luke, yeah. you can, what we do, part of the workforce development is we create independent leader folders and files where their mock interviews, you know, all, everything that we score them, we have, and at the end of the year, or one of our outcomes, uh, set out by Anthony before he left was that every, stu- every youth leader will have a full functional resume before they graduate. So 
those resumes, we have them handy for that specific reason. We've had, you know, people come out and ask, hey, we love what you're doing. We'd be interested. So, you know, Luke, myself, we have here five resumes of seniors that are going to graduate. Or we have 15 mm -hmm. resumes, you know, of all the youth leaders are that are in South or in Central. So we provide that. So, Luke, yeah. if you want to. So, you know, if there's someone looking to hire a recent high school graduate, freshman, sophomore, junior in college, you know, definitely contact Danny or I. And what Danny and I do when we hear about opportunities, we kind of just evaluate our pool of alumni and see you know what skills they have and how it would fit best with this job so like to add on to a couple other you know like nuggets of alumni success stories we had we recently have one alumni that got hired on at Brzee um, as a part-time data intern. So she's just entering data. The gentleman that you met earlier today, William, mm -hmm. he is a official for the Brzee Soccer League here. Our athletic coordinator, Bobby, he was like, Luke, you know, we need a ref. Like, who, who, do, you, who do you know? Who do you think? And so I asked Danny, you know, right away, like, which alumni would be best for this? Yeah. And, he has a lot of personality. Right, right. Like he can easily be. Yeah, and he can handle, you know, the high school kids, mm -hmm. and you know, if yeah. they're talking back to him, William can handle it. Yeah. And he's been working with kids the last two years in our programs. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a month or so ago, I was looking for some help on my data side, and Danny and I have all these applications that we need to enter into this into the system. So, you know, we're thinking with our alumni, like who would be best, who actually has some admin skills and could handle this. And we reached out to two young ladies, sophomores at Cal State LA. And they're coming in on Mondays, you know, three hours before their, their classes to enter some data for us. And so we're hoping down the road is where Danny and I can each hire an alumni intern to assist us as we manage 15 leaders and then two schools each. I think we're one year away from our first like graduating college class. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think so. Eduardo wow. is a leader in that. Right. So we're, I think he's a junior. Yeah. Uh, again, my dates. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, for those that are listening, can you walk us through some of the facilities and resources you guys have here? Because I was blown away with walking through some of the classrooms and some of the stuff that they have access to in terms of you know, programs, computers, etc. Brzee has a wealth of resources here. We do have a computer lab. Um, we have what we call a teen tech center that has not just computers, but we have a sound booth. We have video editing capabilities and lots of different cameras and video cameras that we that they can check out and do their own projects with. Not to mention FSC, the Family Source Center, um, has resources, um, like I mentioned, around parent classes for English, for computer. They have resources for taxes, for taxes, for those that are undocumented to go how to go about that. We have some legal services um, that we could provide as well as far as who we we can connect them with and then you know a wealth of like dedicated staff that are like very involved with the youth and you know mentoring them giving them that extra support and encouragement because our youth are facing a lot of challenges um, in the neighborhood with you know their families or at school so having you know a safe place for them to get their homework done to receive a meal and also you know we have services for soccer but you know the after school program you know has a karate class has an art class has a cooking class for the kids as well so lots of different skills we're trying to teach the kids to take their mind off of something else or another hardship that they may be going we have futsal courts too. Futsal court, yeah. Yeah. We, we I had, saw those. Yeah, we oh, had built, uh, again with dates, three, three, four years ago um, in partnership with the church, the First Nazarene Church across the way. So that's another resource right, too. Right. That's used not just for futsal, for football, but it's used for volleyball, 
Yeah. Basketball. Yeah. American football. American football. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of what about, you know, I saw that one of the computer labs is a sponsor there. You can talk about a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, Teen Tech Center is sponsored by Best Buy. I believe that partnership started three, four years ago. It was before I was here. But they renovated the Tech Center uh, and, you know, put their branding on it. Right now, the only one in L.A. From what I hear, there's going to be a couple more coming in. They provide uh, staff resources as well. They send staff once a month to come and volunteer with the kids. The Geek Squad? Yeah, the Geek Squad. They actually do a a Geek Squad camp. In the summer. 150 kids they welcome to our youth center, and it's a week-long camp. They do coding. They do video editing. They do all sorts of Yeah, and there's there's like a, a, a network, too, so they... The youth and the staff get to share in their projects with other Best Buy Teen Tech Centers mm-hmm. across the nation. Right. So they get to not only collaborate, network, and then they get to also. I think there's they're entered into contests too, so they where they can yeah. compete. And then I'm not sure if there's a job or workforce component or internship component. I have a feeling that there might be, but we we'd have to ask someone else right. to speak specifically. So on one of the questions I have too is like, you know, some of these kids live in South. South Los Angeles and the Brzee centers here. So I know that you guys go out to them for some things. How did, you know, I know you, you asked about potential help for transportation. How do those kids come here? Like do their parents bring them siblings? No. How does that all work? It's a little mix of everything. We do our best to provide our own transportation. Uh, um, Breezy was, I think maybe I'm bad with number dates too but maybe six years ago seven years ago right when i had come join breezy and uh, yop there's a, a van donated right uh, there's a van that was mm-hmm. donated so breezy foundation has a van so they'll go out and pick up the youth leaders but sometimes we just don't have drivers right we have policies behind who can drive who can't right. we have a special license special permits so now we don't always have those employees available to do that favor for us. So a lot of times we depend on parents. Yeah, you know, now it's Uber, Uber Lyft, Uber. Uh, but yeah. it's not always the best way. Uh, so it's always been um, usually all summer, July, we're here for two weeks for training. And we have that already pre-booked where we have those employees that are going to um, drive for our leaders. Right. And I, and I should mention that we have 15 leaders in South L.A. at Augustus Hawkins High School. Mm-hmm. So Danny oversees that site. And then we have 15 leaders from Camino Nuevo Charter Academy, and that's our central L.A. site. And that's what I oversee directly. So they're a little bit closer, but right. Danny's leaders usually will need to you know, coordinate transportation you know, one way or another. So two-part question. How have you seen this program grow in your time here? And where do you see it growing in the next few years? Where I've seen it grow, it's, it's crazy because this has been a very wild last few months starting in this position. So it's like to reflect on it, you know, it's kind of puts me in a new light. Certainly, I think that we're, we're trying to maintain the structure that Anthony created. And, you know, the vision is still there, but just certain aspects, I think, are in the process of sharpening up. We just finished our last classes um, at the schools, but... Just noticing how just on top of things the leaders are as far as, you know, setting up, you know, the soccer drills, dropping cones and pennies and soccer balls ahead of time. So when the kids get there, everything is set up and like that looks very nice and sharp and organized. And we're at the point now where the kids are, you know, kind of taking the initiative before Dan and I have to say something as far as real big on replying to emails and text messages and what I've noticed or what I've kind of overheard from the leaders is that like, you know, when certain kids aren't responding, someone else, one of the other leaders on the back end will say something like, hey, 
you need to answer Danny's email. Like this was sent, you know, two days ago, we got to get on this. And so noticing that Morris and I, and I can't speak to everything from last year. So some of this could be happening, hoping that, you know, that our um, direction is um, they're taking ownership of that and it's coming from them, you know, more so than just Danny and I. We want to talk about the data piece too, mm -hmm. which we didn't, the, there's a big data <laughs> part right. to this. And then also, oh man, it just slipped out of my head, but the, the data pieces was one of the, the big yeah. ones. Yeah. So mention the data and also mention that these, the leaders receive a stipend for their work. So, so they're, they're, they're technically like interns, right? Mm -hmm. So they don't technically work like they like you, you, be, you gotta be careful with labor law and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So they are interns that do a certain amount of hours a week mm -hmm. to receive a stipend. Right, right. So they receive $1,000 over the course of the 10 month internship. And they receive deductions if they don't respond to certain emails an appropriate time, or if they show up late to a meeting, if they don't show up at all, you know, that's a pretty heavy deduction and like could face, you know, a termination of their internship, just holding them accountable, high accountability as much as we can. And they, we, we use the stipend as, you know, an incentive, like um, we need you to perform and meet certain expectations. And this is your paycheck for, for that work. And the data piece, so this was introduced towards like the end of Anthony's tenure, but we want to track and measure the work. You know, how many kids we're serving, um, how often, you know, we are, we come in contact with them. And also like, how are we meeting the outcomes as far as the workforce readiness piece? So we're not just throwing together a presentation and hoping it sticks. We are tracking, you know, how many kids have a functional resume that has these certain points on it or certain details, how many of them will complete, you know, the mock interviews and are we, are, is there attendance over a certain percentage, you know, because it's easy for them to be in the program, but if they're not showing up consistently and on time, um, then some of the information we're trying to relay to them most likely isn't sticking or, you know, resonating with them fully. I think another piece too that started to increase is presence at the stadium, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so what I've seen just going to, to, to the matches is the youth leaders working with the foundation, handing, handing you know, giveaways out. Yep. At, the, at, the, at the gates. Yeah, so yep. that's a new yeah. aspect too that when yeah. I was there, that we were asked to do a few things, but I was also like, okay, no. And I think Luke and Danny have changed that concept a little bit more where I was like, yeah, we can do some of it, but it's, it's right. definitely changed. Right. So it's actually almost after the 24th. So we'll be at the stadium for the 24th. The leaders hand out whatever the giveaway item is for that match. And I think we'll be at every home match after that one. Um, so the kids receive a free ticket to the game. Obviously, they love that. They love being um, <laughs> and, and at the bank. Uh, they love trying to sneak into the north end and, you know, jump around and go crazy with um, the 3252. Um, but we also have two leaders that will help out at the foundation table every single match. So, you know, the LAFC Foundation, um, wanting to spread the word about LAFC and the work that they're doing in the community and also fundraise for the programs that the foundation sponsors. So the foundation is a, one of the YLP sponsors. So the leaders are there to talk about the program, to talk about, you know, the mock interview day or the soccer classes that we do at the schools and things like that. Um, just to be, you know, a face of the program there for the fans of LAFC. Well, you ever need to get somebody into the North End, you let us know. We, okay. we always have extra tickets. Right. They we figure do, it out one way or another, happen. but <laughs> awesome. good to know. Yeah.
Um, so guys, I mean, lastly, before we wrap up, we have one question that we'd like all three of you to kind of touch on a question that we ask every guest that comes on the show. Uh, one that is very important to us. It is the name of our show and it is what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? So we'll start with Danny, Anthony, and then we'll go with Luke. Shoulder to shoulder to me means community. It means the the work that we are doing as a united front to better the place that we are from. Uh, to me, thinking back at you know the type of teenager I was, what I was involved in, and then uh, just the community around me, uh, it, it shed some light to see now where I'm at and having a platform to really impact change. And this was something that's always come back to me, and I reflect on is that you know you can simply stand next to someone and especially for our youth nowadays uh, with everything that they're going through you stand next to them and that all gives them a sense of relief a sense of, of support so um, community it's very important Anthony yeah I started to get really emotional when you asked that question um, this this program wouldn't be here if Danny Luke, Tim Martin, Dunya, Rich, Brody, Cynthia didn't stand shoulder to shoulder. And also the youth leaders standing with us. I mean, this is their program. Them standing next to each other, shoulder to shoulder, standing next to us, creating change for good. And our community wouldn't happen if we weren't shoulder to shoulder. And I, I mentioned it before that this it does take a village. And so... To me, I, I feel like the youth leadership program in many ways is shoulder to shoulder. I mean, it's the name of your podcast, but this program is shoulder to shoulder. I mean, it's that's that's the definition of it. So they both gave, you know, incredible answers. And I would have to, you know, echo what they said. And, you know, shoulder to shoulder is that, you know, one man can do only do so much. But together, you know, I think it's it's limitless. And with YLP, you know, creating that support system for the kids and or for the leaders and then them understanding that there's support systems for each other and for these younger kids and knowing that we're in it together and that there's always someone you can get a hold of. Always one of us will be available for you at some point and that we're never alone here. Great answers. Yeah. Well, thank you to our listeners out there. If you uh, want to help out with the LAFC Youth Leadership Program, we once again recommend you go to www.bresee.org mm -hmm. uh, and make sure you reach out for the LAFC Youth Leadership Program. If you'd like to get in contact with Luke O'Quinn, the director here, his email address is L-O-Q-U-I-N-N at L-A-F-C-Y-L-P.com. Um, and Anthony, is your email the same format? Yes, same format. So it's D. Oliver, O-L-I-V-E-R, at L-A-O-C-Y-O-P.com. And, and Anthony, your current endeavors have taken you elsewhere. But so, I mean, obviously, thank you for starting this program. Thank you Absolutely. for your service to this community. Thank and you we, for your time today. Thank you guys for your time. Yeah, thank you, thank guys, you guys for, I mean, honestly, for bringing us here and allow us to have a voice. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, this, you allowing us to do this is going to spread this, you know. Yeah, that's Absolutely. the goal. And yeah. that's, you know, that's what thank this podcast you. is about. Make sure you guys, the listeners, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LAFCS2S on all platforms.
Yeah, thank you, Breezy Organization, for hosting us today. Thank you, gentlemen, for having us. Thank you, Wilton, our sound engineer. Shout out for thank driving you, down here uh, and helping us get set up and record on remote here as we are outside the friendly <laughs> confines of Shoulder to Shoulder Studios. But uh, it's nice, man. We'll go hit up Beer Belly after this. Yeah, get some duck recording live from K-Town. Why not? Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, with that, um, thank you, gentlemen, for everything Absolutely. you do. Thank you so much. And take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder. Together, this our culture. Feel the force up a supernova stay flying that fc door some hey shopping down to nikki's koreatown liddy keep us so mommy about to drop her fifth they won't need to stop but i ain't come to my house i'll defend that